Good morning. All right. Good to see you guys. Uh, as we say every week, right, we can't see your faces, so we need to hear your voices, all right, so that we're in this together. Uh, my name is Nate. I'm one of the pastors here. I just wanted to say welcome. Uh, super excited to have you here. If you are new, we would love to get connected to you. We have a gift bag we'd love to give you uh, and help you learn what does it look like to get plugged in here at City Light. So please, afterwards, uh, somebody will probably find you anyway, so don't be surprised if somebody comes up to you and they're like, hey, what's your name? Uh, we won't shake your hand, okay? Don't worry about that. Uh, but we'd love to give you a gift and just get to know you a little bit. So please don't leave without connecting with somebody. Uh, we'd love to do that. Also, if you're in here and you have a child, number one, we're super, super thankful that you are here and your kid can do anything and it doesn't matter, okay? So uh, I have four and more than likely mine will be the one making noise, okay? So uh, you don't need to stress one second about it. We want to make sure that everybody in here is an adult. We can handle uh, kids. Now, if you would like uh, to go over here at any point during the service, there's a, a like nursing mom slash uh, kid room right here. Uh, so if you want to come in here with your child and watch the sermon, it's just right here on your right and then take a left and there's an open room right there uh, if, it, if you need it at all. But once again, we'd love for you to stay in here. You can also be in the lobby, uh, but we're happy that you're here and just want to provide every opportunity for you to be able to listen uh, and, and stay locked in. So uh, once again, we're excited. Hey, Dale's going to come over here. Everybody welcome Dale. What do you he, uh, he's going to bring the word of God, and what I want to clarify real quick is anything he tells you about me is probably untrue, okay? So just don't listen well, just to him. Stay, stay don't listen to him. I, I just want to show you guys a couple of things real quick while you're here, Nate. Just maybe you could explain. Can I defend myself? I have first a of all, I wanted to get you a picture of what Nate looked like when I first met him. Uh, we got a picture here. Look at that. Yeah. Look at that That's exactly what I did. That's exactly my reaction. I thought she was maybe like doing some missionary work or something, bringing them home. Turns out she was interested in them. It was very hard to understand. Then uh, this week, I just want you to get the real Nate, okay? So this week, you did this, right? Your Bible school. This is true. I taught All Bible right. school. So he, yeah. was, he was teaching a Bible school. I thought, oh, that's cool. He's teaching little kids and everything. And then I find out what he taught. He uh, was, his way of teaching, and jump in here if I'm lying, he, he said um, to his son, uh, Josiah, Josiah, go punch Jude and uh, in front of the other little kids. Jude's and his then, brother. Jude's his brother. What's that? I said Jude's his brother. Oh, okay, Jude's okay, his brother. That okay, makes that makes it, it better. Oh, I see. Okay, okay, good, yeah. So go punch your brother, and then, Jude, you forgive Josiah, and then he told the rest of the kids, that's the gospel. Am Pretty I wrong? Summary. Is that wrong? <laughs> Is that wrong? We sin, God forgives. I mean, it's pretty can simple. I just, okay. Can I just comfort all the parents here to know he has nothing to do with the children's ministry? <laughs> nothing to do it's with true. the children's it's ministry. Uh, and then uh, he later was teaching the memory verse, and uh, all I know is I got a good video of him teaching the memory verse. Can we show that video real like, quick? That's him teaching the memory verse. Hey. It, it, to me, it doesn't instill a lot of confidence. You know what I'm saying? If I you mean, can quote the verse upside down, you'll never forget it, all right? Am I right, parents? Okay. Listen, I had a 20-minute lesson, and they were done in three minutes. I had to figure out something to do. So you figured you're right. So if here you happen. start running out of words, do the people in the front row <laughs> yeah, have to 100%, worry? 100%. Are you thinking about maybe yeah. picking up somebody? Whatever you got to do. I think you're all right. Okay, yeah, okay. good. We preach the Bible. Right, yeah, nice. Yeah, uh, yeah. Thank you, Nate. Nice to be here. Yeah. <clears throat> well... Now that he's gone, why don't we pray, okay? <clears throat> Lord Jesus, thank you so much for this time together. Thank you for your word. Thank you for um, the wonder of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you have revealed yourself to us and that we're able to s sit here comfortably and talk about you. Pray for 
brothers and sisters around the world who can't get together like this. And we pray for those <clears throat> that are home uh, because of COVID and, um, and watch it online. We pray that you would uh, speak uh, uh, to all of us this morning. Lord, may your spirit guide us and open our hearts to learn. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we've been studying 2 Timothy together. You guys, I, a lot of you probably have the books with the whole layout of the, uh, of the passages and then some notes uh, beside it. If you open there, we're in 2 Timothy 2, verses 8 to 13, just five verses. Um, now, if you know this, this is, this is just kind of interesting part of studying 1 and 2 Timothy. Timothy was the pastor in a city called Ephesus. Ephesus was the fourth largest city in the Roman Empire. It was a very critical city, the New Testament. Did you realize that the book of Acts has stories that are very important about the, the city of Ephesus? Um, we have the, the book of Ephesians. We have First and Second Timothy. And then John lived in Ephesus, and he wrote First, Second, and Third John to Ephesus as well. And then again, Ephesus in, uh, it's one of the seven churches, Revelation 1 through 3. So Ephesus is a pretty critical place in New Testament history. And here in Ephesus... Timothy was the pastor. And as he was the pastor, this is just within about 30 years of Christ being crucified. So the church is under great persecution. There's great pressure. And uh, he's getting discouraged. That's the context to which Paul writes this letter. The other thing to remember is the guy writing the letter is facing death. A matter of fact, it's in this letter that he says goodbye to the world, basically when he says, I fought the good fight. Everybody, even in secular world, knows that term, I fought the good fight. But it was said by Paul to his um, young, uh, the guy he hoped would carry on the ministry after he died. <clears throat> it was said to him, he said, I fought the good fight. I finished the course. Uh, that's the tone of this letter, okay? So it's encouragement from, to Timothy in this critical place, in this critical time, but it's from the writer at the end of his life where he's giving a chance to uh, get out his last words, all right? And then we're going to end uh, the sermon today with the last words of Jesus. So we'll get a little feel for what was important to Christ, what was important to Paul. Now, in order to encourage Timothy, I want you to see what he says. Let me read to you uh, chapter 2, verse 8 through 13. It says, Remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descended from David. This is my gospel for which I am suffering even to the point of being chained like a criminal. He was literally chained at this point in a hole, <clears throat> not where there was the visits and everything, but actually we believe it was in a hole where he was dropped, and that was the kind of cell he was in, this, this uh, place full of rats. It was just a very, very, very terrible place. But God's word is not chained, he said. He said, I might be chained, but God's word is not chained. Therefore, he said, I endure everything. In other words, what he was doing right then. For the sake of the elect, <clears throat> for the sake of the pre-selected Christians, for those that were his, <clears throat> that were believers now or were going to be believers, that they too may obtain. He did all this, that they may too obtain <clears throat> that is uh, in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Here's a trustworthy saying. And whenever he says that, he's saying something that the people in the churches often said to each other. This was a saying. Uh, he says it in 1 Timothy 1.15. He says, this is a trustworthy saying that Christ came in the world to save sinners. And that was something they said to each other and so on. So in the same way, he repeats it and he says, if we died with him, we will also live with him. 
If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we disown him, he will also disown us. If we are faithless, he will remain faithful. For, we, for he cannot disown himself. Wonderful passage. be fun to study. But we're going to stop because there's so much just in verse 8 alone here. So we're going to study verse 8. And I want you to hear these words. I want you to even say these words to yourself this morning. Remember Jesus Christ. Now the idea in the Greek language was remember Jesus Christ. Not just remember Jesus Christ, but remember him that he's alive. Remember a living Christ. So it's, it had been, you know, 30 years or so since Jesus had been crucified, risen from the dead. Constantly the church reminding him this is the key to our faith. There has to be a risen Christ. He has to be alive. So he says this, and what he's referring to when he says the reaction in the, in the Greek, what he's saying is, be constantly remembering Jesus Christ. Why would he tell Timothy that in a time of discouragement? Why would he tell you and I that? Constantly remember Jesus Christ. Now in that statement, <clears throat> it is him referring to a constant, excuse me, to an action that happened, that happened a long time ago, but that has still current results. So today, there are still current results, present results. Completed action in the past, having present results. Let me tell you some of the present results. Some of the present results are, if you know Christ, is you want more people to know Christ. So just some of the things God's been using City Light to do during this pandemic, it's very exciting. If you look at um, these pictures I'm going to show you, we had a pastor come here uh, a few months ago from Uganda, and he talk to us about a program they have there. They've trained all these pastors to go and plant churches in the bush areas, away from other people, where there are still people that are not being touched by a local church. And the only problem these pastors have is they can't get there. So he says, we have a rule. He said, you give us a bike, we'll give you a church. You give us a bike, we'll give you a church. We're like, bike, church, we don't get it. He said, because if they can get mobile, if they can just get to the church, they'll take care of it from there. We've trained them. They know how to do that. So we finally, after COVID and everything, we delivered 100 bicycles this week. And you'll see some of these pictures up here of some of these brothers getting the bikes. Isn't that exciting? They're so thrilled. <clears throat> and, uh, and, then, and then you're going to see uh, just a little video of one of the pastors after he got the bike. It's like two seconds here. You guys want to play that? Promote the gospel. In Jesus' name, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. So listen, you and I, because we and those guys remember and love Jesus Christ, from here, this place, we're able to launch. You know, we have a saying here that this is not a landing pad, but a launching place. Your Sunday service is great, but it's not a landing pad. It doesn't stop here. It goes as a launch place. So one of the places we're launching is in Uganda. Also here in the area, I don't know if you guys knew, heard about this, but around the corner we had a homicide uh, over in Annandale where a 20-year-old boy was killed. And uh, because of our involvement with, with that community, especially during the COVID time, doing uh, uh, delivery of food and doing other ministry there with our Spanish ministry, we were asked to hold the funeral of the boy here. So we held the funeral here, we had city officials, we had others come in, and we were able to preach the gospel to everybody who came. So that was something great that's happened, and as a result, we're going to continue to partner with our sister church there, and there's new things going on there as well in Wadsworth. God has been using this church in ways, why? Because the focus of this church is Jesus. The focus of the church is Jesus. When you think about Jesus, certain things happen. So here's what I wanted to do. 
I'm going to make this very short, simple message. Three questions. Three questions I'm going to ask you. One, why do we forget Jesus? Two, what happens when we forget Jesus? And then three, what happens when we remember Jesus, the living Christ? Okay? Three questions. First question. Why do we forget Jesus? Now, fill in the blank. You guys, this would be a great discussion. Like, why do we forget Jesus? Well, we get busy. Uh, There are lots of things going on in our lives. And it's just hard to uh, think about him. It's hard to keep him. Even sometimes we get busy with religious stuff. Our Bible reading plan, you can be so caught on being through a Bible reading plan that you forget that you're reading about Jesus in these passages, you know? This is about, often I'll, I'll bump into somebody who's not walking with the Lord or something, and they'll say, yeah, I left the church a while ago, or I'm not uh, at church, and I'm thinking, you've missed Christianity. Christianity is about Jesus Christ. So when we don't walk with Him, it's like I'm away from Jesus right now. Do you see the difference? This is the center of our faith. So we get so caught up in even those things, and we miss that. How about... <clears throat> We also have no real understanding in our best efforts to remember Jesus Christ like in our actual daily lives. If you're taking care of a bunch of little kids, how do I think of Jesus Christ? Well, I'm, we don't see how to integrate him into our work life or when we're trying to figure out if we're going to have a date this weekend or we're gonna have, uh, you're going to have something to do or you're going to be lonely, whatever. How do you integrate Jesus there? So we have real, no real understanding. You know the, the bracelet, what would Jesus do? I love that. I think it's brilliant. As a matter of fact, it's biblical. It's great. Problem is, most of us wearing it, and probably all of us to some degree, we don't know what Jesus would do. We don't know him well enough to know what would he do in this setting? What would he do in this situation? And so I'd say that's some of the ways, some of the reasons we forget Jesus. Number two question, what happens when we forget Jesus? Around here, we try to emphasize that you guys are the light in a dark world, light in darkness light and darkness. This whole idea of this message around this sermon series is to fan the flame, uh, get the flame going. The way we do this, what happens when we don't do that, when we don't provide that? Well, I think one is we have that biblical example of Peter. Remember, he starts to walk on the water. Very good, very exciting. He had more faith than I would have probably to ever get out of the boat. But while he's walking on the water, he takes his eyes off Jesus because of what? Storm, circumstances, and he sinks. I think some of us, probably this morning or at least during this week, have felt like we're sinking. This is why. What happens when we forget? We can sink. It says that Peter got down out of the boat, walking on the water, came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink and cried out, Lord, save me. So what happens when we forget? We sink. We have, secondly, what happens when we forget is we get worried in this world. Uh, one of the things that Paul says to Timothy here is he says, don't. Don't get involved in civilian affairs. What's what's he mean? He says, don't entangle yourself with the things of this world. Why? Because uh, it will pull you away from Jesus, you know? When you feel like you're you're, you're confused, you got too much going on, you got uh, uh, too many other things, it's just, it's very hard to think about and remember Jesus. So what happens when we forget? When we do that, we begin to feel more worries in this world. We begin to feel more worry. Worry goes up when we lose focus on Jesus. You know, my uh, uh, grandson, one of my grandsons is two years old, uh, and he um, 
I was driving, I, t- I took him somewhere, and I was getting out of the car, and I was just walking towards the back of the car, and he said to me, uh, don't leave me, Bampa." Now, he's a nice boy, he's just not the smartest kid you ever saw, you know what I mean? He has trouble with his enunciation yet. Uh, Bampa is not my real name, just so you know, it's Grandpa, just in case some of you were losing. I know that we threw Brian there for a loop, he was... What's the problem? So, so Bampa was probably not right. But what did he say? He said, don't leave me alone. Why? Because he wasn't remembering who I was and that I would always be there for him. I would never let anything happen to that little boy. I'd never let him leave. That's what happens to us, right? When we forget Jesus, we can just increase our worry and feel like, Lord, where are you? That's when we forget Jesus. The third thing we want to do is what happens, we want to answer the third question is, what happens when we remember Jesus the living Christ. What happens when we remember? What would it be like if we remember Jesus, the living Christ? In the Greek language, it would say it this way, it would restate it this way, constantly keep in your memory the living Christ. If you want to think just one thing, I don't care if you take notes, I don't care, but if you want to make this practical for your life, just kind of think of that as a goal, constantly keeping in my memory the living Christ, the living Christ. What happens when we do that? Why did Paul tell Timothy, you got to remember Christ? Because he knew there were certain benefits that would happen to Timothy when that happened. Certain benefits will happen to us. So here we go. One, we feel confident. When we remember Christ, we feel confident about our faith. I don't know about you, but I often um, wonder about whether this stuff's true we're talking about. We're up here singing, and we're, and it'll flash in my mind, well, I mean, I don't see Jesus. This is not. So what happens when I constantly keep my memory of the living Christ? It raises my confidence in him because I think about him. Think about this. For instance, we are amazed at the words he preached. You just think of some of the words when I have those doubt moments and I think of some of the words he preached and I realize that this is a man who grew up never going to formal learning. In John seven fifteen, they say, how would he know these letters? They, they didn't, uh, he didn't have the kind of training or anything that would net him to say the things he said. He worked as a carpenter in a remote town from an uneducated society. And then you read the words of the Sermon on the Mount, or you see him talk about how people are to get along, how we're to love Samaritans, how we're to treat women, and how we're to treat children. Totally foreign thoughts. And people, that's why it says again and again, Scripture says, they were amazed at his words. It says, amazed beyond the ability to be amazed anymore. That's how amazing it was to just hear him. So we will feel confident when we remember Christ. We remember his word. We think of the great things he said, and we feel confident. So we remember Jesus. Another impact is we feel amazed at the impact of his ministry. Do you ever consider this? Muhammad had 22 years of public ministry. Buddha taught for 45 years to form Buddhism. Joseph Smith formed Mormonism in 14 years. Jesus has changed the world. Jesus has turned the world literally upside down, and he had ministry for about two and a half years public life. Is that incredible? That's our Jesus. He never wrote anything down, by the way. Never even wrote anything down. He never uh, led an army. He simply talked to groups of people for two and a half years, and you and I are gathered together today and online to talk about this one, Jesus Christ. So remembering Jesus will help you to feel amazed. It will feel confident. You'll feel amazed. Third one is you'll feel forgiven. It's very important what you feel. It really is. Uh, It's really important for you to believe and feel forgiven. Um, 
the summary of Jesus' life. One grand act of absolute love to God and to man is his life summary. Jesus, I want you to hear this, did not condemn. Isn't that strange? Don't we always think of that? But remember this, John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever should believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And then what's the next line of verse 17? For Christ did not, I, he did not come into the world to condemn the world. So wait, the way we present the gospel is he didn't come in to condemn the world. As a matter of fact, we have picture after picture. When you remember Jesus, I want you to picture this. Brothers and sisters, he did not come to condemn the world. And, and when he shows sin and he gives the chance for repentance and the chance for hope, we believe that. You're with me. If I say to you, hey, we had the worst murderer, the worst terrible person who's mistreated children, whatever, and I tell you, Jesus forgave them, you would all applaud. But once you're saved, you now believe that he condemns. Really interesting, right? So we don't believe there's condemnation if the sinner repents. But then once we're saved, we spend our Christian lives feeling condemned because we're not quite feeling up to it. We're not raising up to the level Jesus has for us. We don't do enough service. I didn't do the food deliveries. I didn't uh, read my Bible um, yesterday. Uh, I looked at the wrong thing on the internet, whatever it may be. But I want you to get this. The same one who showed us all these, why was he showing us all these pictures? Why did he take care of an immoral woman? Why did he take care of the poor? Why did he reach down to children? You know what he's doing for us? Remember Jesus Christ? You know what he's doing for you? He's giving you a picture you can't forget. So when you remember Jesus Christ, you got to stop and think. Think about him with the Samaritan woman. Think about him with uh, idol worshipers. Think about him with traitors. Think about him with the rich. Not just the poor, with the rich. What do you say the rich young ruler who goes away from Jesus? Many sermons we talk about how bad he is, but what does the scripture say there? Jesus looked at him and loved him. This is Jesus, brothers and sisters. Somehow or another, we believe that he will not that he will forgive the sins for everybody except for his own people. We get saved and we think that's when our condemnation begins. Brothers, I want you to get this really clear because it's hard to believe and hard to learn. But as you're walking with Jesus, you need to understand very clearly. He forgives your sin. He is walking with you. If he can love all those that are outside of Christ and bring them to him, do you think he would mistreat the children that he does have? To those very few on this planet who are interested in him, to the very few on the planet, if I stood up and said, remember Jesus Christ on national news, everybody turn the channel, except for a very few. For those very few who love this thought and love him and get excited about what I'm talking about, for those ones there, he doesn't spend his time judging them, does he? He guides us. He pulls us towards him. He gives us direction. He loves us. No question. But he does not want his children to walk around feeling condemned. Instead, he wants you to walk around feeling forgiven in this new relationship with Christ and bringing to him and talking to him about all your struggles. We feel forgiven. Remember Jesus, and the last one is we feel love for others too. We feel love for others. Boy, people are frustrating, aren't they? I mean, they really drive you crazy. That's the first day, man, I got all morning. I mean, you watch the news, and I just want to chuck stuff at the TV, you know? Uh... Hey, how you doing? Finally, I've got some assistance. Thank you, doctor. Uh, this is, um, I need all the help I can get. The poor guy's on the internet. Listen, the last thing we said is we feel love for others. Jesus loved children. 
He loved immoral people. He loved foreigners. He loved corrupt government officials. He loved idol worshipers. He loved thieves. He washed the feet of a traitor. Think about this. Judas was about to betray him after walking. The only little bit of money Jesus had, who did he give it to? A traitor and a thief. He had Judas watch the money all the time. This is the kind of love Jesus had. Jesus loves so much. So one of the things that happens when we remember Jesus is we feel love for others. We can actually love the other side politically in the midst of a presidential election. A matter of fact, I think you're required to. And it will only happen, it doesn't happen because you say, oh, I'm going to be good, I'm going to do, no, no, no. You've got to remember Jesus. Think what he's like. What would he be like? Now, does that mean that he doesn't call out sin or wickedness? No, of course he does. Of course he does throughout his ministry. But boy, does he tell us the way to reach the wicked is to love them into the kingdom. To love them, to love them, to love them, to love those that differ from us, to feel love for the others. And that will only happen when you really get mad. Remember Jesus. Remember Jesus. Last thing I wanted to tell you is I don't want to live a moment without Christ as my focus. I want to constantly hear in my ear the Holy Spirit saying to me when I want to go this way or that way or when I'm feeling guilty when I shouldn't or whatever it may be. I want to constantly hear the Holy Spirit saying to me, remember Jesus. Remember Jesus. Christ, the living Savior. See, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a constant encouragement to the believer. And Paul isn't the only one who said it. Here's Jesus at the end of his life. He's at the very end of his life. He gets together. Imagine, I was dying of cancer, and I said to all of you, and listen, I'm going in to hospice. <clears throat> the doctor says I've got hours left, and I invite you to a meal. Because I want to share with you some important things. And what is it that Jesus Christ shares? What is it that Jesus says? He says, whenever you get together, I want you, and you guys can take out the cup and the, and, the, and, the, and the wafer there, and I want you to do this with you. What does Jesus say? He gathers them for this last conversation. He says, when the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table. And he said to them, I've eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer, for I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds its fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup... He gave thanks and said, listen to this, take this and divide it among you, for I tell you, you'll not drink, I'll not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And then I want you to get verse 19, and he took bread, gave it, thanks, broke it, gave to them, and he said, this is my body given for you. And then what does he say? Why do we do this? Do this in what? Remembrance of me. Jesus tells you what he wants you to do is he wants you to live a life remembering Jesus. He's so wonderful. I've told you it's as though I've taken a spoon. I've leaned into the ocean. I'm on a cruise. I've leaned into the ocean somehow. I took a spoon. I got the ocean. I walk into a room, and I say to everybody, I'm going to tell you, this is all about the ocean. You'd laugh. You said, what are you, an idiot? There's life in the ocean. There's uh, all these studies going on. The ocean is deep. The ocean is wide. It's my... What, what are you talking about here? This is the ocean. In the same way, I've talked to you a little bit about Jesus. And brothers and sisters, <clears throat> that's why Jesus says, do this and remember to me, because he is so wonderful. All you've got to do is just keep looking at him, and you're going to constantly see the kind of impacts that we talked about this morning. How about let's pray, and then we'll take communion together, and we'll actually take this moment to do this, and we'll exercise obedience to him, 
by remembering him right now. All right, let's close our eyes. Lord Jesus, as we come before you, I pray that you would help each of us to hear your words clearly in our ears. Remember me. Remember me. In the midst of a country that is in total chaos, in the midst of a wicked world all around us, in the midst of a world filled with hate, even among the religious uh, ones, it seems even the Christians hating and getting frustrated with each other. Oh, Lord, I pray that you might help us. Help us, Lord Jesus, to live our lives in remembrance of you. Jesus, as we take this communion now, I pray that you will help us to remember your body that was broken for us. You, Jesus, suffered and died, and your bones were broken for us. And then, Lord, your blood was shed for us. So together, with your eyes closed, why don't you just take a minute between you and the Lord Jesus now, and I'll give you a minute to just remember Jesus as, as they play a little bit, and go ahead and take the wafer and then drink the cup and consider Jesus' words, Jesus' death on the cross, his payment for sin, and because of that, I want you to remember Jesus. So take a moment between you and the Lord right now. Lord Jesus, we uh, thank you so much. <clears throat> we thank you for what you've shown us, what you've revealed to us. We pray, O oh Lord, that we might get to know you more, that we might understand you more, that we might be like the woman, Lord, today we've just touched the hem of your garment. We've just touched the, the bottom of the tassels there on your prayer cloth. We've touched you. We've touched you. But Lord, we don't, we don't know your power. We don't know what you're... Please, Lord Jesus. Many of us have walked with you for many, many years, and we think we know a bit, but we're holding the, a spoon, a teaspoon, instead of the greatness and the grandeur of Jesus. Lord, may we love you more, know you more, and may you be the focus, the central focus of our heart, of our family, of our lives, and the way we live. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Help us now, Lord, to obey the Scriptures. Remember Jesus Christ. In your name we pray, amen.